Practical wisdom from the first leader of the Christian Church in Jerusalem. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we study James and how to put our faith into action. We are in James, and yesterday we went through James 1, 22 through 25. And I didn't really get um, through it all the way uh, because there was one thing in there that was just... Uh, I wanted to make sure I didn't overlook, and it was this part. Well, I'll just read the whole thing again, and I won't have it on the screen, and I'm looking at it over here. But it's James 1:22. It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. And we talked about that yesterday. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all that they do. So what James is talking about here is you can't just, uh, you can't just listen to the words of Christ, right? You can't look at the example and what he talked about and what he preached in his parables and just listen to it. In order for that to really make an impact in your life and the world around you, you have to let it embed deeply into your life. Um, you can't just listen to the words of Jesus. You've got to follow the words of Jesus. You've got you to look at his example and how he lived his life, and then you've got to do it that way also. Now, um, we talked um, in the last Bible study about the teachings of the early church called the Didache. And... Um, the, the Didache is the teachings of the early church and it talks about the way of life and the way of death. And the way of life is simply uh, the teachings of Jesus and what he talked about and how he lived his life. That's the way of, of life. And if you don't do that, it's like the way of death. And we talked about how the way of death is like poison. It slowly drips in your soil and in your root system and it slowly destroys you and kills you. But the way of life is like fertilizer or like um, miracle grow or something like that. It helps your roots grow strong and healthy and you can bear fruit and all that sort of thing. And, and so what James is talking about is you can't, just, you can't just listen to the words of Jesus. You can't just listen to the parables. You can't listen to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you can't view his life and how he lived his life. You have to actively pursue it. Loving God and loving your neighbor, the two main commandments of the church, uh, are not just simply things that you internalize and you think about. Loving God is an action. Loving your neighbor is an action. The story that we talk about in loving your neighbor is the story of the, of the Good Samaritan, right? He's walking on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and all of a sudden he sees this guy lying, bleeding on the road and he picks him up, puts him on the donkey, takes him to the inn and takes care of him. That's what active love is. Love isn't just this passive thing that happens in your head. It's an actual doing thing. And so what James is talking about is that you have to actively pursue the words of Christ. You can't just think about them. Now, when Jesus came to this earth, we talked about this in the last episode. When Jesus came to this earth, he said, uh, the time has now come and uh, believe and uh, the time has now come. Uh, repent and believe or metanoiata and pistuata. Metanoiata means think about my words and then Pistuata is believed that what I'm talking about is how you should live your life. And we call those kairos moments. 
And what we mean by Kairos moments is all of a sudden you hear the word of God like you're doing a Bible study or you're sitting listening to a teaching of the word of God and all of a sudden it just penetrates deeply. The Holy Spirit penetrates that word deeply into your life and it's like, oh. And so you modify your life. Uh, you think about those words and then you say, I'm gonna do this in my life. And so you do. Um, and that's that's how uh, the, the, we call those Kairos moments. Those moments when... God penetrates deeply into your life and you say, hmm, and you make a course correction or you do something different in your life. We call those Kairos moments. And that's really what James is talking about here. He says, you can't just, you can't just look in the mirror and turn away and forget. You have to look in the mirror and contemplate about your life and then you do. And we call those Kairos moments. But the, the thing that, that I wanted to focus on just for a little bit is verse 25 where he says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, normally we don't think of the law of God as giving freedom. As a matter of fact, if you were to talk to anybody who is not a follower of Jesus Christ and say, you know, there's a lot of, of laws that Jesus brought into the earth, at least two, love God and love your neighbor. It's like, yeah, that Christianity, it's all about the law. And so, so thinking about how the perfect law gives freedom is just a foreign concept to a lot of people. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know exactly what this is. Uh, you all have heard the song Amazing Grace by Chris Tomlin. Uh, my chains are gone. I've been set free. Uh, we know that when you live in the kingdom, when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it's not law. It's freedom. And that's such a, a strange concept for, for a lot of people, but it's not. And I've talked about this a couple times. We have been very involved in a, in a ministry called Kairos Ministry, where we go in and we meet with prisoners who are in prison. Some of them are you know, in prison for the rest of their life. Uh, and we introduce them to Jesus Christ. We introduce them to the Holy Spirit. And we have this great weekend together. And then they continue on as a church, caring for each other, praying for each other, and that sort of thing. And, and then uh, in following subsequent Kairos weekends, oftentimes these people in previous weekends will then share their testimony. And I can't tell you how many times over and over again, somebody will say, I'm here in prison. And before I was in prison, I was in chains and in bondage. I mean, it's so crazy because they had all the freedom of, you know, of what they were doing on the earth. But, but now they say they're freed from all those chains because they're a follower of Jesus and they're in the kingdom. Those chains are gone. And yeah, they might live the rest of their life in prison, but now they feel perfect freedom in Christ. Because when you are in the kingdom, not even, not even the chains of prison are able to overcome the freedom that you have as being in the kingdom. And, that's, and they know this. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know this too, that the, that the teachings of Jesus and being in the kingdom and having the Holy Spirit walk with you in all of the aspects of life is actually freedom. Because, you've, because Jesus has come to this earth and he has bought and purchased you and brought you into the kingdom and all the laws of the Old Testament, all the laws of this world, all the things of people telling you how you to live your life, uh, all of that is subservient to the freedom that you have in Christ because he loves you, he cares for you, he's bought and he's purchased you. And you're now in the kingdom. And being a child of the kingdom means you have incredible freedom. Of course, 
You also have incredible responsibility because you have to live as a person in the kingdom. But you have incredible freedom. Why? Because Christ has bought and purchased you. He's given you that freedom. It's the, it's the freedom that here in James, it's called the perfect law that gives freedom. Some, some versions call it the perfect law that gives liberty. And you continue into it. Not forgetting what you've heard, but by doing it. And when you do that, you will be blessed in all that you do. You will be blessed in all that you do. Um, another example of this, uh, some of you may know this, uh, is that one of the laws that we, it's not really a law, but it's, it's a, a tugging of your heartstring, is to give back to God. And so, so many of you, many, of, many Christians will give a portion of what they have. Uh, they will give sacrificially, proportionally, intentionally back to God. And, and um, that may seem like a law, right? Like you've got to give a certain percentage to God. Uh, and that way, you know, you're righteous before God. It has nothing to do with that. Our righteousness is completely rooted in Christ and Christ alone. And so therefore, when we give, it is out of a love of God of what he has given us. And we have this strong desire to give back to him. And so we do it proportionally, sacrificially, intentionally. And I know this sounds crazy, but if you do that, there is a sense of freedom that comes with that. Uh, there's a sense of joy. There's a sense of peace. There's a sense of being connected with Christ in a level that you can't even understand unless you do that. And so um, if you talk to somebody that does uh, give sacrificially, intentionally, proportionally, they will tell you the blessings. And we're not talking about monetary blessings. We're not talking about like an incantation that if you give, God will uh, you know, give you back or he'll you know, heal some disease or he'll mend some friendship or something like that. No, what we're talking about is a sense of joy and deep inner peace and satisfaction and love and connection with Christ on a, on a, on a level that you can't understand unless you actually take a step of faith and do it in this manner. Um, that, is, that is also a law, right, that gives freedom. It's something that Christ calls us to step out in faith and do, and then when you do it, there's a sense of incredible freedom that comes from that. And I think that's what James is talking about here. He says, don't merely listen to the word, but do it. Uh, follow him, pursue him. Have these kairos moments in your life where God will penetrate deeply with his word, and then you stop and you pause and you say, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to do it differently from here on out. Not because I feel like God's forcing me to do it, but because his word has penetrated my life and the spirit has actively changed my feeling and my heart about this. And now I want to do it. That's how, that's how the kingdom works. The kingdom is never a coercive thing. It is, it is in one manner. Um, I'll just take a, a brief moment to talk about this. When you have children... When you want to train children on how they should live their life, you do actually coerce them into living a certain way. You coerce them with Bible stories. You coerce them and say, this is how you love one another. This is how you serve one another. And so when you're training your children, you are doing those sort of coercions. And I understand that. And, and Proverbs says that when you train a child as young, that's the way he'll live uh, as an adult. And so we as parents are called to do that kind of coercion. Because it's basically, and we do that in all aspects of life, right? We tell them to wake up and make their bed 
And uh, it's amazing how, how often, you know, they get into high school and college and they don't make their bed and you're so fr frustrated and upset, but then they're off on their own and all of a sudden they're cleaning up the kitchen and they're making their bed and they're doing all those things that they're supposed to do because they trained it and they learned it as a young kid. Well, the same thing is true with the Word of God. So as a child, we do train and teach the things of how they should live. Uh, but when that penetrates deeply in their heart, as they grow, as they become an adult and they go off into life and they continue in their study of the Word of God, then the Word of God comes and deeply penetrates. And the stuff that, that they do, uh, it, it's, it comes from the heart. And sometimes it's scary. Sometimes the things that God calls us to do, it's like, I don't know if I have enough faith to do that. But, but God calls you to do it. And if, and if it penetrates and you do it, you, do, you say, yes, I'm going I'm to make this course correction. I'm going to start doing that. And then you see the blessings, the incredible blessings that God has for you when you do those things. That's when the word of God penetrates deeply. And that's when you get freedom and you continue in it and you don't forget about it. And you will be blessed in all you, you do. And that's really how the word of God gives you freedom. The word of God says, love me and love your neighbor as yourself. And that sounds like a very, very difficult command. The, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he says, how do I do this? Who's my neighbor? And Jesus talked about it. And that, but basically when you do that, when you love God and you love your neighbor, there's incredible freedom involved in that. There's incredible joy. There's incredible peace involved in that. So um, that's James 1, 22 to 25. And I think I'm going to leave it there. For some reason, if you're just joining, we I don't have internet access this morning. I have phone access. So I'm using my data plan with AT&T, uh, which is fine. But, um, but I don't know... Um, what the quality of this is, and I'm, I want to really figure out why my internet's down so I can do my other three meetings today. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we'll just close it there. Let's, let's close in prayer. Uh, dear God, thank you for your law that gives freedom. Penetrate my heart deeply with your words. Help me not to just look at them, but to do them. And give me the courage to do them. In your name we pray, amen.